Father God, we just thank you that we can assemble our very, very first time here in Prairie Hill Congregation in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Uh, look at our podcast. Alan will have listed on our podcast uh, the address and the time of our services. And so, Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity to meet in such a place as this, that you've gathered us to be in this house. And we just want to give you glory and honor and praise. Bless those who have allowed us to come and share their facility so that we can go forth and proclaim the good news to every tribe and people and nation, Almighty God. We thank you, Father, for your provision. You've been faithful, and we love you, Father God. And may we be following faithful in everything we do, and let our heart's desire be to do what is pleasing in the Father's heart, according to the Ruach HaKodesh, the Spirit of the living God, we ask and pray in Yeshua's name. Amen. Now we're continuing on this series. Turn with me now to the book of Acts chapter 21. Acts chapter 21. This message is entitled, Acts of Yeshua's Emissaries, which are the Shelikim, the called out ones, the sent ones, just as we are today. God has sent us out to proclaim the good news. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord taught me as a very young believer that I should either handwrite out or type when I learned how to type. I'm not a very good typer. My wife says, it looks like you're a chicken. You're plucking with your fingers. But you know what? That's the way I am right now. Otherwise, I make too many more mistakes. But the Lord has encouraged me to write out his word in chapter form. And I know chapter form has been uh, invented by man, but it kind of helps us find our place where we are. Otherwise, we'd be looking through all those chapters and acts to find where we can be in today. And so I've hand-typed this out, the scripture, and it helps me to meditate on it. It helps me to think on God's word and, and, to, and to have my, my mind fully focused on the Lord's word. So let us begin, and I'll be reading from the Bible today. I'll set aside my handwritten notes here. Beginning in verse 21. After we had torn ourselves away from the Ephesian elders. Now some of you who may be listening to this uh, message for the very first time, what could that mean? I encourage you to read chapter 20. Because Rav Shaul, the Apostle Paul, was on his journey back to celebrate Shavuot, that is, the Feast of Wheat, in Jerusalem. That was his heart's desire. So he left very, very early, and he's not traveling alone, because Luke is traveling with him, and many other people are traveling with him. And one of the things that is kind of hidden here is also he's bringing back a large contribution because those of both the blended, both the Messianic community, both Jews and Gentiles, and also some communities there that were predominantly Gentiles, had brought up an offering that they wanted to give to send with the Apostle Paul and his friends to bring to Jerusalem to help out the poor who lived in the city of Jerusalem. And so now, as we see here in the very first sentence here, 
that they, that they had to tear themselves away from the Ephesian elders. It wasn't that they were in, in anger, they weren't wrestling, but they had their arms around one another. They were praying and they were saying their goodbyes. Some of us don't fully realize this, but most of us came from different countries. Very few of us have ancestry that come from the native people of America. And with that, so our parents who came from Russia or Germany or throughout Europe or any other land, you would, if you were to go on a ship, you would be there standing at the dock and there would be your loved ones waiting there, spending the very last moments with you. Think how much your grandma or your grandfather would be holding you tightly and smothering you with kisses and tears. Because they knew this, that most likely they would never see you again. And so if you take it in that perspective, these Ephesian elders, Rav Shoal, the Apostle Paul, spent up to three years with them. And many times when he go on these, these journeys, now this is his third and his last missionary journey. And so these were his spiritual sons and his daughters that he was showing love and compassion to. So with that, we understand the reason, because these elders knew this. This man brought hope to their lives. Think about these, some of these individuals who came from a Gentile, an idol-worshiping background. They once walked in darkness, but now they have seen a great light. And who is that light? It's not Rav Shaul. It is Yeshua himself. So let us go forward here. Verse 21, verse 1. For we had torn ourselves away from the Ephesian elders, and we set sail and made a straight run to Kus. Some people may pronounce it Kos. I have a map here, and many of you have maps in your Bibles. I would encourage you to go ahead and find, it's spelled C-O-S, on your maps there so that we can enjoy this journey. These are literal places. And think about this. Those that were reading the book of Acts later, when they would hear about these places, it's possible that they either were from that area or they had traveled there on business. Okay? And the area there that they're, that they're, that they're talking about is in present-day Turkey, to kind of simplify that for you. I know some of you may have some uh, apps on your phone or on your computers right now if you happen to be listening to this message, and you just simply type in the name COS, okay? Let's continue. The next day we went to Rhodes. You might be able to find Rhodes a little bit easier, okay? And from there we went to Patara. And on finding a ship that was crossing over to Phoenicia... We embarked and set sail. And after sighting Cyprus, now I know all of you can find that big island of Cyprus, can you not? Okay. Cyprus. We passed it on the left, and we sailed to Syria and landed at Zaor, because that was where the ship was unloading its cargo. See, they weren't traveling first class. They were on a cargo ship. 
Because you know what? God at times wants us to use his money wisely. And just think how many different types of people we, we, we will meet on, on a cargo ship. Let's go forward here. Having searched out the Talmudim, that are the disciples. Why? Because you know what? There weren't a lot of hotels and motels at that time or inns for people to, to stay. And where did you want to go? To go, go to be with people that you had a lot in common with, all right? So Rav Shaul and those his companions are retracing because they knew that these places, and they knew of others who had actually start up, started up brand new Messianic communities in these areas. So they probably knew these people by name. And you know what? It's a blessing that the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, is not naming all the different Talmudim that they're going to see. But can you imagine this? When you first read the book of Acts, when it was sent out as a scroll to, to one of these Messianic communities throughout the whole known world at that time, and then all of a sudden you would see someone's name that you knew. Or maybe it might be your name that had been mentioned. See how beautiful and how beautiful, how personal God's word is? So going on in verse 4, having searched out the Talmud, there we remain for a week, guided by what? The Ruach, the Spirit. Who has been guiding us this past year? The great comforter, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Being guided by the Spirit, they told Saul not to go up to Jerusalem. Who said that to him? But these disciples. But when the week was over, we left to continue our journey. You know, there are times when God gives us word of knowledge of what is about to take place. Have you ever been sleeping in your bed and suddenly the Lord awakens you up? Then all of a sudden you'll see in your mind, some people actually see visions. I usually, the Lord will show me someone in my mind. He hasn't blessed me with visions. That's up between him and the Ruach HaKodesh, not myself. And I would be woken up and I would see either a man or a woman. I would see the condition that they're in. Sometimes I would hear their voice. Most times I would not. And the Lord would just impress upon my heart by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to begin to intercede and pray. There were times when the Lord would reveal to me that this person is going through a very difficult time. Other times, he would keep that all private information. And at many times when I'd pray, I'd start praying in English. And then later, when I'd run out of words, the Spirit would enable me to pray in the Spirit. As the Scripture says, that we're not to worry about what we're to say or what we're to do, but the Spirit of the living God will fill us. And give us the words to say. And cause us to do the actions that we are to do. So I believe this was a word of knowledge that was received. Confirmation that what the Lord's about to do, he will speak through our brothers and sisters in Messiah. But you know what? First and most times, it comes directly from the spirit of the living God. So that we'll know that this is the direction we are to go. Have you ever stood at the crossroads of your life and wondered, well, should I apply for this job or that job? Or what if all of a sudden 
You no longer live in a particular home or your apartments. And then all of a sudden now, you have to go find a new place to live. Have we not all inquired of the Lord? You know what's beautiful here? That at the very beginning of Rav Shaul's journey, when he was going from Jerusalem, and he went to the city of Damascus, his heart and mind were by his own leading. And that now, later in life, he's now being led by the Spirit of the living God. And that's the one who leads us into all truth. Because Yeshua said this, I'm about to leave you, but do not be concerned. For I will send to you my Ruach, my Spirit, and he shall lead you into all truth, and he will confirm all the things that I have said and done in your lives. So let us go forward here. Verse 5, but when the week was over, we left to continue our journey. We are all now on a journey in life. The Lord has numbered our days, but are we hearing his voice? Are we making the right decisions? Have you ever made the wrong decision in life? I have. But you know what's beautiful? The Spirit remains with me. And to the point where I'm willing to say, what do you want? Spirit of the living God, let me hear your voice again. I'll stop listening to the reason of others. I'll try, stop trying to figure it out on my own because I'm now willing to offer my body as a holy and living, underline that word, sacrifice, which is a true act of worship. Let's go forward here. All of them, their wives and their children, accompanied us until we were outside the town. The town kneeling on a bench and praying. Notice that. They have a heart of prayer. Here's another group of people that are so, they receive so much from Rav Shaul and those companions. Because as these people are traveling with the Apostle Paul, he is demonstrating how you're there to love the flock of God. Because he knows this, that any day now, He's going to be taken from this sphere, this earth. And those that remain, those that he's been training and building up in their holy faith will then take on that responsibility. He's passing on the baton. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So going forward here in verse 6, we said goodbye to each other. Then we boarded the ship and they returned home. When the voyage from Zeor was over, we arrived at Pitomes. There we greeted the brothers and stayed with them overnight. The following day, we left and came to Caesarea. You know who's resting right now in Caesarea? Benjamin Netanyahu. He decided to celebrate his last Shabbat with his family as a prime minister of Israel. Let's go forward here. Where he went to the home of Philip, the proclaimer of the good news. What are you proclaiming today? When someone says to you, well, things in this world in America are being turned 
upside down and it's inside out. And I don't know, good appears to be bad and bad appears to be good. Are you proclaiming the good news, the hope that is in you? Going forward, that following day, we left and came to Caesarea. You can find Caesarea there on your maps. They are now in the land of Israel. Let's go forward here. Where we went to the home of Philip, the proclaimer of the good news, one of the seven and stayed with him. That word, key word there is the seven. He was one of the shamashim, the, the deacons, the servants, that in the book of Acts, in the earlier passages there, that they, they were selected to meet and help the needs of the widows. So let's go forward here. He had four unmarried daughters with the gift of what? Prophecy. Now this gift is not a gift that suddenly you can say, well, I would like that gift. And so now I'm going to read the scripture so I can go forth now and manipulate people and deceive people with this gift that I now claim. This gift is given by the Ruach HaKodesh, the Spirit of the Living God. At the will and direction of Abba Father God, who sits on the throne, and to his right hand sits his son, Yeshua, who we've been bought and purchased by his precious blood. We're not to do things of our own accord and just presume on things, but we're to be walking in unity with the Father and the Son, who is Yeshua, by the power and direction of the Ruach HaKodesh. That way, all prophecies, and it says this, judge every word, every prophetic utterance, whether it lines up with the writings of the Tanakh and the Brit Hadashah, both the Old and New Testament. Let's go forward here, and I will be ending this message very shortly. So going forward, he had four unmarried daughters with the gift of prophecy, and while they were staying there, a prophet named Agav came down from Yehuda, Judah, to visit us. He took Shaul's belt and tied up his own hands and feet and said, Here is what the Ruach HaKodesh says. The man who owns this belt, the Judeans in Jerusalem, will tie him up just like this and hand him over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, both we and the people begged him not to go up to Jerusalem. When I read this as a young believer, you know what scripture sometimes, as you allow the spirit to connect things in your heart and mind, was there not somebody else that was on his way to die? And he was going towards Jerusalem. And he said all these things. That he was about to lay down his life. And one of those close to him. One who breathed these words. You are the what? The Messiah. The Christ. The son of the living God. He made that profession. And just moments later. He tried to rebuke Yeshua. And what did Yeshua do? Yeshua had the word of wisdom and discernment. 
He could see that those words did not come directly through Kepha Peter. But it was the adversary trying to dissuade him in his humanity not to go to Calvary to die on the behalf of every man, woman, and child on this earth. And what did Yeshua turn and say in Cephas' direction? Get behind me. And he called him by name, Satan. We notice here that Rav Shaul probably heard of that story. He probably heard from the lips of Kepha, as Kepha was a very, very honest and transparent person. I could see those two meeting, sitting down, breaking bread, and then Kepha up, uploading him, and I know that's a terrible word, but, but giving him the facts of what it was like to live with Yeshua 24-7. And he would admit, there were times when I failed. I fell short. I went by my own thoughts, my own heart's desire. But we see here in the scripture that Rav Shaul is not going to say to them, get thee behind me, Satan. Because these people are demonstrating what? Words of wisdom. They're saying these things are about to happen. You know what? They want to hold on to Rav Shaul. They don't want him to pass. Let's complete here today. The Judeans in Jerusalem will tie him up just like this and hand him over to the Gentiles. When he heard this, both we and the people begged him not to go up to Jerusalem. But Shaul answered, what are you doing? Crying and trying to weaken my resolve? I'm prepared not only to be tied up, but to even die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Yeshua. And when, and when he would not be convinced, we said, may the Lord's will be done. And we kept quiet. See, God gives us words of knowledge and words of wisdom. He gives us words of knowledge of something or an event that's about to happen. But he gives the person that is a recipient of that word of knowledge that you're sharing with the wisdom to discern whether they're to step back or to continue walking, because this is the Father's ordained will for them. Blessed be the name of the Lord.